I want to thank Grace Baptist Church for your faithfulness through the years. And especially I want to thank Pastor Jim for his faithfulness. I don't know if you saw Pastor Jim there. We've had four uh, church planning conferences. Pastor Jim's preached at two of them. Uh, First one was uh, on Baptist history. And the last one was on Reformation theology. And so it's getting big down in Argentina just like it is up here. So we appreciate Pastor Jim uh, doing all that uh, work for us in Argentina. He's been down there several times to be with us. The last time he was down, I was sick as a dog. And so we didn't get to spend too much time together. But I, I really appreciate him taking the time through the years to come down and visit us and also to be able to help our national pastors to be more grounded in the Baptist history and also against Reformation theology. So, again, we appreciate you all. Uh, we're glad that you are our Sunday church and uh, just wish we could spend more time. We did in 2017, but we're just moving this time, so there's not much time. But we appreciate you all uh, during the years of standing beside us as our partners and praying for us. On the back table, we do have new prayer cards if you want to stop by and pick up uh, one, and also we'll be there if you have any questions. Take your Bibles, Acts chapter 1, please. I am a missionary, so yes, I'm going to speak on missions, okay? Uh, Acts chapter 1. I always tell people what we do in Argentina is what you all are doing up here. It's, it's the same. The Bible's the same, right? It could be a different language. It could be a different culture. But the Word of God is the Word of God. And so it's applied everywhere. Uh, what, what's applied in the local church here at Grace is applied in the local church in Argentina, just the same. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, nothing new. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Father, thank you so much for your word. And I ask this morning that you would just use it to speak to our hearts, help each one of us to examine ourselves, and to make sure that we are walking in your will. And I'll give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. But you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall speak in tongues and perform miracles. Right? That's what they're saying. That's what a lot of people are saying today, right? But it doesn't say this. We received the power of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, so that we could be faithful witnesses of Jesus Christ. Starting at Jerusalem, Sydney, for you all, and spreading through the entire world. And that's what the job that God left for us to do. Jesus, who founded his church, he left that for his church to be doing so that we would be faithful witnesses of him. And because of that, he has given us the Holy Spirit that dwells in us that we might have his power that we will be faithful witnesses if we want to. I tell our people... When we mess up, a lot of times it's just because we chose not to do what God says, right? Uh, It's pretty, I'm not very good in English. That's why it took me a long time to learn Spanish, okay? But really, you know, and you know, a lot of people say, you know, this book that you and I hold is, is too above us. That's why they have to have all these new translations, right? But this book is pretty simple, 
if we just take time to read it. Uh, the hard part is us, our human nature, wanting to obey it. That's, that's what the hard part is. Just us as human beings rebelling against God. <clears throat> now, we have teenagers here, right? How many of you all can remember when you were teenagers? Some of you, you can't remember anymore, right? Huh? And sometimes, you know, uh, when a teenager does something, we get, you know, upset at them and we don't, for, we don't remember what we were doing when we were back here as a teenager, right? But I, I I'll, I'll be honest, I was a very, very, very rebellious teenager. Okay? I mean, I, I was, I was pretty bad. That's my wife. My, all my family wanted to tell her all my past history, you know, when I took her to meet the family before we got married. And you know, it's just, sometimes we just can't forget that. But also we as Christians, even as adult Christians, sometimes uh, we are rebellious. And God says something that's so plain, it's so simple. Uh, it's not hard to understand, but for some reason, that spirit of rebellion that's there, we say no. Or we make excuses. We don't say no outright. We just make excuses. You know, my pastor that led me to the Lord said, uh, excuse is a little bit of a reason stuffed with a lie, Right? Well, you know, I can't be a witness. I'm just not outgoing like you are. Have you heard that one? Well, how about this one? I just don't have the gift of evangelism. That's a good one. I've heard that one before. I don't have the gift of evangelism. All right? Uh, And Satan will give us excuses if we're looking for them. You know, the Great Commission... And found in Matthew 28, starts with leading someone to Christ, teaching them to be baptized, and then teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you, which is discipleship. And, And he will give us any and every excuse that we want to not get involved in those three areas of fulfilling the Great Commission, what we call the Great Commission. That he left for us to fulfill as a church. We are to tell people how to be saved. Think about this with with me just for a minute. Until everybody is saved, we have the command to be a faithful witness wherever we're at. Until everyone is saved. Question. Y'all that are in school, is everybody at school saved? You all that are working, is everybody at work saved? Any of you have unsaved family members? Unsaved neighbors? So the, the mandate that Jesus Christ left is still valid. Because there are still people unsaved. And it's it's his will that all should come to repentance. Okay? And so, if we are not doing it, who's going to do it? 
Pastor Jim, a lot of times, is not going to be able to be in contact with the people that you are in contact with. And that's why it's so important that each one of us that have received Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, that we understand that he gave us his spirit that dwells in us, that we might be a faithful witness where we are. And sometimes we will be the only witness. Seventh grade, I entered into middle school. Again, I did not grow up in a Christian family. Huh? We had a big family Bible in the living room table. Y'all remember those big family Bibles? We had one of those on the living Never, oh, yeah, it was, we, when somebody was born, when somebody got married, when somebody died. That's what was in that family Bible. We never opened it. We never read it. We were pagans. Okay? Lived right next door to an evangelical church that taught works for salvation, right? Works for salvation. Is that how we get saved? Works? It's not by works. That's any mess you boast, right? By grace through faith in Jesus Christ, the blood, the song that we heard uh, this morning. It's the blood of Jesus Christ. Grew up right next door to a church. Even went there one time. My, some of my friends from school invited me to go. Think about this. Some of my friends invited me to go. I went. Scared me to death. Because it got to a point, you have to, I'd never been in church. Got to a point where it was, they were going to pray. And all of a sudden, the people on both sides of me grabs my hand. And they all start praying out loud. Scared. I mean, I'm thinking, I'm looking around. I'm, you know, I don't, I've never been in church. I'm looking around. I'm thinking, these people are nuts. You know? And so when we left, they said, uh, you going to come back? Okay. I said, Why? I said, what do you guys have? I said, you guys cuss like I do. You cut school like I do. Huh? You cheat on tests like I do. No one's ever done that, right? You drink like I do. You talk about the girls like, what do you have that I don't have? And I told him, I said, if I ever do go with God, I'll go with him just as much as I've gone with the devil. And I said, you know, that's all the way. And here I was, 12, 13 years old, 1969, 1970, in America, Columbus, Ohio. I knew I was a sinner. Do you know those people today that they don't even realize they're a sinner? Honestly. I knew I was a sinner. I believed that the Word of God was the Word of God. Even though I'd never read it, I believed it was the Word of God. The Bible was the Word of God. I didn't know anything about King James or anything like that back in those days, you know. But I believed it was the word of God. I believed in a heaven and I believed in a hell. And I knew I was going to hell. There was no doubt. You know what the problem was? I didn't know how to get to heaven. No one had ever showed me from the Bible how to get to heaven. (laughs) Think about it. 11, 12 years old, you don't have to convince me that I'm a sinner like you do a lot of people today. I already knew. You don't have to convince me that this is the word of God. I already believed that. You didn't have to convince me that there's a heaven and a hell. I believed in that. You didn't have to convince me that I was going to hell. I already knew that. 
My problem was I did not know how to get to heaven. You know, that thing that we call the simple plan of salvation, it wasn't so simple for me. I did not know. 1969, 1970, folks, can I tell you this? It's worse today. America is no longer a Christian country. It's a pagan country. If I was like that back in 1969, 1970, you can bet everything that you have that there's tons of people around you that do not know how to get to heaven. And sometimes we get thinking, we get this mentality as Christians that everybody in America knows how to get saved. Everybody knows. No, they don't. I'm sorry. It's a misconception that a lot of Christians have. There are people around us that honestly today do not know how to get to heaven. There's some that honestly do not believe that they're sinners. I mean, it's mind-boggling to me, but there are. And there are people that do not understand that they're on their way to hell. And that's why God has called you and I to be faithful witnesses. And to be a faithful witnesses involves two things, right? Number one, it involves living correctly. So that somebody like me doesn't say, why do I need what you have? You do everything that I do. So what difference is there between me and you? We have to be living right. We have to be walking in obedience to God so that we show something different. And you know, in junior, middle school, we call it junior high then, middle school, there was one person. I, I, I can say this. There was one person that showed me a difference and called themselves a Christian. Only one, Jennifer. I still remember her name. It's been a long time ago. Huh? I can remember seventh grade, she was a cheerleader and everything, you know. She wore many skirts. I mean, she just, eighth grade, she was different. Kind of weird, you know what I mean? And she, she carried a green Bible to school. You know, of course, everybody making fun of her, right? You know, I understood that later because my preacher told me to take my Bible to work with me, read it on break. I, you know, I started getting made fun of too, you know, but, but she was, she showed me what a real Christian is. She lived for Jesus. I met her when we were on deputation to be missionaries in a church. And I told her, you know, that she really was the first one, first Christian that had ever showed me what it was like to be a real Christian. Now, listen, she wasn't, you know, berating it. She was just living you know, what she believed in front of the rest of us. And that's what we've got to do. Don't be like my uncle, who was a backsling, you know, he was away from God. He was in a bar one night and he started preaching that they needed to get saved. You, you, you can imagine the reception that he got, right? Who's this drunk telling us what we should be doing, you know? A faithful witness is one that is living the Christ life. Christian, little Jesus, you know, we're supposed to be like him. He is our life, I think the Bible says. Uh, he is our life. 
And we're supposed to be living like him. We're supposed to be showing other people who he is. And that's where being a faithful witness starts. Living correctly. Living according to what the book says. And we can do it, folks. There's no excuse. Whatever God asks us to do, he gives us the resources through his Holy Spirit to do. Think about that. Whatever God asks us to do, he will give us the resources to be able to do it. I think Grace has seen that through the years, right? He took this guy who would not even get up in front of his English class to give an oral report and called him to be a preacher. Can you imagine that? Afraid to get up in front of a class of about 30 students and then God calls him to be a preacher. God will enable us. God will enable us. And if he tells us to live a certain way, if he tells us to live like his son, he will give us the power through his spirit to be able to do it. So that we can show forth light in a dark world. But then there's a second part to that. You know, a witness is someone that has to testify what they saw or experienced, right? We have to be willing to talk. And that that's a big problem for a lot of people. There's a lot of Christian people that they're living the they're living to walk. You know, they're they're walking what they believe. But this thing of talking to someone Telling them about Jesus is escaping them. And we can be a faithful witness depending on God. You know, the Apostle Paul asked for prayer. He didn't ask for prayer that many times for himself. But he did, a couple, on a couple occasions, ask for prayer for himself. And one of those occasions, he asked for prayer that God would open doors and give him the words to speak. Okay? When was the last time you asked God to give you an open door to speak to someone about Christ? Think about that. When was the last time you asked God to give you an open door, the opportunity to speak to someone? And at the same time, God, when you give me the opportunity, give me the words to say. Because sometimes we say the wrong things. Sometimes we come on too strong. Okay? But if you ask God to give you the opportunity, you think he'd give us opportunity? Think about that just just for a minute. If honestly, if I'm praying and talking to my Father in heaven, And I'm asking my Father in heaven, God, to give me an opportunity to obey him witness to someone. Do you think he would answer my prayer? Sure he would. It's his will. I mean, he says we're supposed to be faithful witnesses. So if I'm asking him and I'm honest, it's not just a show, but I'm honest, God will give me up. And a lot of those times, you know what? It'll be an opportunity that... The unsaved person will say something to us. 
And it's the unsaved person that is opening the door for us to be able to tell them about Jesus Christ. But we've got to be asking him. If the Apostle Paul, I think the Apostle Paul was a pretty tremendous Christian, don't you? If the Apostle Paul asked others to pray for him that God would open doors and that God God would give him the words to speak to these people, I think it's a good thing for you and I to be asking God to help us to be a faithful witness. Now, God, listen, God does want us to be a witness. He says it in his word, not just here, but in other places. And if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us, I think the Bible says. And if he hears us, I think we get the petitions that we've desired of him. And so, folks, those two things. I teach the same thing in Argentina because it's Bible. But again, those two things. How are you living? What does your life reflect? What does your life reflect? And I'm talking about anyone that's saved and has trusted Jesus Christ as their Savior. I don't care if you're a kid. I don't care if you're a teenager. I don't care if you're a young adult. I don't care if you're a senior citizen. What does your life reflect? And most importantly, is it reflecting Jesus? Because that's what it should be. Just as the moon reflects the sun's light, we ought to be reflecting the sun's image to others. Is your life reflecting Jesus? Because that's the first part. Because if you don't have that part, you can open your word, mouth. But everybody, unsafe, listen, an unsafe person knows if you're a hypocrite or not. I knew it when I was 12 and 13 years old. An unsafe person knows if you're a hypocrite or not by your life. But if you're living and you're reflecting Jesus Christ, the second, are you talking to others about Jesus? And if you're afraid, if you're timid, if you're shy, have you asked him, God, to give you opportunities to be able to speak to someone about him? Because if you do, he will give you opportunities. I mean, it's unbelievable that uh, we were parked in a RV park up in Berlin, and a guy came up two trailers down. He said, "Hey, are you a Christian? Because you, you, you just seem to, to me and my wife that you're Christians." Now, can I ask you, is that an opportunity or not? I mean, God. You, you, if you're asking, if you're living and you're asking for opportunity, God will give you opportunity. In Argentina, I don't know how many times, and you have to understand, it's a Catholic country. But you know how many times somebody's come up to me and say, are you a preacher? I told my wife, do I look like a preacher? And I'm not talking, I wasn't dressed like this either, huh? But I don't know how many times, are you a pastor? Are you a preacher? Opportunities. We've got to want them. We've got to ask God to give them to us. And if we do, if we honestly want them, and we're asking God to give them to us, be ready, because they're coming. 
Be ready because they will come. God will open you doors. And you've got to be ready to talk. Again, verse 8. But ye shall receive power. We have because we have the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, Sydney, and all Judea and Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. We are in your place being faithful witnesses on your behalf as our partners in Argentina. Are you a faithful witness here in Shelby County? That is the place to start Jerusalem. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much that you have given us your spirit that dwells in us. And I ask this morning, Father, for each one that's here that they would choose today to really reflect Jesus in their daily lives. And that, Father, that today they would be asking you to open doors that you might have. Give them opportunities to witness to someone this week. So that someone this week can hear the gospel of Jesus Christ and at least have the opportunity to receive him as their personal Savior. And I'll give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen.